Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Well, hi there. I hope you're having a good day and I hope that you're enjoying the study. We're getting near the end of our study of the comfort and friendship characteristic, comfort and compassion characteristic of David that we also see in our King Jesus. And I want us to notice how that in chapter 20 of 1 Samuel, the question is asked, what unthinkable thing did Saul do when he became angry at the, at the dinner table? And you remember that he threw his javelin at his own son, Jonathan. He became so envious and jealous of David, so angry at Jonathan for becoming David's friend. And he felt like his alliance to him was threatened. And so he became so angry that he threw a javelin at Jonathan. As we've studied selfishness and narcissism compared and contrasted them in this chapter we see that one of the characteristics of selfishness is a loss of control, a loss of temperance. And we definitely see that at the dinner table as Saul threw the javelin at Jonathan. However, when we get to 1 Samuel chapter 31, all of those years had gone by and Jonathan was killed fighting right alongside his father in a battle against the Philistines. So what does that say about the honor factor, the loyalty factor in the heart of Jonathan? How did he honor his father Saul? Well, it was obvious. Even though Saul had cast a javelin at him, even though Saul had definitely showed Jonathan that his heart was full of envy, his heart was full of arrogance and pride, and that he was indeed... Um, chasing to kill an innocent man, even though that man was the best friend of his son, Jonathan. He had had shown his worst side to Jonathan in every way, and yet Jonathan recognized that he was his father and that he was the king, and he died right beside his father on that hill against the Philistines. So the question was asked of you, what does this say about the loyalty factor, once again, in the character of Jonathan? Well, he was still honoring to his father, in spite of the kind of man that his father was. But I also wanted to point out that there might be something in the behavior of David that influenced Jonathan in this regard. In 1 Samuel 23, it's interesting, and I don't think we referred to this in the book, but in 1 Samuel 23, Jonathan, in the heat of things, met up with David and renewed that covenant. So this is toward the end, and this is just kind of like right before David was um, hiding out, even in Gath, and before he... um, married Abigail before the the thing with Nabal occurred. So right before that, in 1 Samuel 23, Saul and Jonathan met up again and renewed their covenant. So we have, it's about verse 16, and Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods. 
and strengthened David's hand in God. Now Saul, Jonathan's father, was seeking David's life, and yet Jonathan comes to David in the woods, and he said to him, verse 17, Don't be afraid, for the hand of Saul, my father, will not find you, and you will be the king over Israel, and I will be next to you, and that also Saul, my father, knows. Well, Jonathan wasn't going to live to be next to David as he reigned, but David was certainly going to reign. And they too, verse 18, made a covenant before the Lord. Remember, we talked about who the third person always was in the covenant between David and Jonathan. So they made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his house. And then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doesn't David hide himself with us in the strongholds in the woods in the hill of Hekilah, which is on the south of the desert? And so the king just kept pursuing David until finally, I think the Philistines invaded the land. And so King Saul had to go home and take a break for a little while. And then he went on and pursued David again. But then we get to 1 Samuel 24. In 1 Samuel 23, they renewed their covenant. And in 1 Samuel 24, when Saul got finished following the Philistines, it was told him, saying, verse 1, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. And so Saul took 3,000 men and went to find David with the intent to kill David. Now, remember, it was just chapter 23 that Jonathan and David had met up in the woods, renewed their covenant, and renewed the vow to be loyal to one another and as well as to God. And so in 1 Samuel, then chapter 24, the very next chapter, we know that Jonathan was still in um, close communion with his father. He was still close to Saul. He was still, he protected Saul all the way until the end. So he pretty much knew what was going on with Saul. I don't know if he was in the cave at this time, but this is the chapter where David had the chance to take Saul and kill him. And remember, he cut off a piece of his garment in verse 4, the men of David said to him, The day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I'm going to deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it shall seem good to you. And that was when David got up and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. And then David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. He could have killed him. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise up against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. And then David arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth, listen, and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeks your hurt. Behold this day, your eyes have seen. 
how that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave, and my men wanted me to kill you, but mine eye spared you. And I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, and here he calls him his father, moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of your robe in my hand. Look, I have a piece of your garment. For in that I cut off the skirt of your robe and killed you not. Don't you know now? And don't you see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand, and I have not sinned against you? Yet you hunt my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee. But my hand will not be upon you. Don't you think Jonathan knew that? Don't you think Jonathan knew that that David was being protective of his father, the king, the anointed one of God. And so he realized his responsibility in fighting against God's enemies, the Philistines, right alongside his father. And then in 1 Samuel 31, being even killed on the same hill, we see that perhaps it was David's great example of Loyalty, even when he was the arch enemy of Saul, to bow down before him and to swear not to ever harm God's anointed. And so Jonathan may have been following David's example when he died on the hill right beside Saul. And then it's interesting to see that David carried on through with that honor when the Philistines fought against Israel and the Philistines fell upon Saul, and the armor bearer, of course, was asked to kill Saul. Saul said, draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me, but his armor bearer would not, and so Saul took a sword and fell on it. And then you remember that the Ammonite or Amorite, I want to be sure I get that, Correct. The little guy came to David and he thought he had done a big thing when he came to David and told David that um, that Saul had been killed. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 1 and he is an Amalekite. And so it came to pass after the death of Saul when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites and David had abode two days in Ziklag. It came to pass on the third day that a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes torn and earth upon his head. And so it was when he came to David that he fell to the earth and did obeisance. And David said to him, where you come from? And he said, out of the camp of Israel. And David said, how did it go? And David still hadn't heard that Saul was dead. It was three days later. He said, I pray thee, tell me. And he said, the people are fled from battle. Many of the people are fallen and dead, and Saul and Jonathan are dead. And he said, how do you know that they're dead? And the young man that told him said, well, I came by chance upon Mount Gilboa, and Saul leaned on his spear, and lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me, and he called to me. And I said, here I am. And he said, who are you? And I answered, I am an Amalekite. He said to to me again, Stand, I pray you, upon me, and slay me, for anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. So I stood on him and slew him, because I was sure 
that he could not live after that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and I brought them hither unto my Lord. There's a little bit of um, unsurety here about exactly what did happen, but we know that according to the Holy Spirit in the last chapter of First Samuel chapter 31, that Saul fell on his own sword. So, but this will... Amalekite guy, he was just um, so proud of himself that he was able to tell David that David's enemy was dead. And what did David say? Well, verse 11, David took hold on his clothes, he rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him, and they mourned and wept and fasted until the evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel because they were fallen by the sword. And David said, why was it that you weren't afraid? He's saying to this little Amalekite, why is it that you weren't afraid to stretch forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? And then what did David do to the young man? He had him killed immediately. So we still see the honor that David is um, offering to the fact that Saul was the anointed one of God. He was loyal to God enough that he would not harm the anointed of God. I think that Jonathan had a great heart in him, and I'm not saying that he wouldn't have protected his father and stood with him in battle till the end. I I don't know that that would uh, not have occurred anyway, but I sure know he had a great example in David, of somebody who, even though he was being hotly pursued, and Saul tried on more than one occasion to kill David, that David still stood beside the Lord's anointed and said, I will not harm him. And perhaps Jonathan learned lessons from David about loyalty and honor to his father, the king. I hope that you are enjoying the study. I am looking forward to the video podcast. I think you'll listen to this before that video podcast. That will be on Tuesday night, and I think that's the 30th of, are we in January? The 30th of January, and then we will begin our February study. Very excited about that, and as I'm looking forward, it is the first part of studying David and studying Christ as objects of persecution. Have a great day.